She's Tori. And he's Nick. And this is I Want to Rewatch. An X-Files podcast. Season 2. Episode 8. One Breath. In this episode... Wait, wait, I, I know what happens in this episode. I can tell oh, you, you do? All I right, do. what I, happens? Yeah, I, so, Scully's dad returns from the dead in a silly white suit to visit his possibly dead daughter, and Mulder is scruffy. <laughs> well, I mean, you're not wrong. No, never. And that's, I mean, that's, that explains the episode, I'm pretty sure. I think I, I, think <laughs> I nailed it. There's definitely an iconic image of that in the, from this episode. Um, but really, in this episode, after being missing for months, Scully appears in a local hospital in a coma. There's no record of who brought her to the hospital or admitted her, and no tests show any reason why she's in a coma. Scully's mom and sister sit with Scully while Mulder tries to figure out what's wrong with her and how he can get revenge on the people who did this to her. I mean, that's true too, but I think yeah. I, I think I, <laughs> I think I was more succinct, so, which is which for me is like award-winning. So I think I should get credit for that. No, it was good. This episode was written by Glenn Morgan and James Wong, and it was directed by R.W. Goodwin. Who is married to Skelly's mom, but is not her dad, which is kind of awkward. <laughs> yeah. Um, filmed in Vancouver, British Columbia. Its original air date was Friday, November 11th, 1994. And between this week and last week in 1994, there was also a rerun of Pilot on Sunday, November 6th at 7 p.m., and Fox ended up doing Sunday reruns during the entire month of 1994. Oh. And this was only the second re-airing of Pilot, which the first had been rerun in January of 1994. And this is also the last time that it would be aired during the regular series run. So they only aired Pilot twice as a rerun, which means it only aired three times in total and only aired on the iconic Friday night slot and its first airing, which, as we know, was September 10th, 1993. TV schedules used to be super weird. That seems crazy that they only aired it three times. Yeah. I mean, I know, I know it appeared on TV, like, later, obviously, like, in different, like, on the Sci-Fi Channel or whatever. But, the, like, that Fox only showed it, like, three times. That yeah, especially because it is kind of the hook of the show. It's, like, the one yeah. that you see and you're like, whoa, what's this? I mean, I guess maybe reruns were only, like, the previous season. Like, they never did, like, you know, like, in season three, you only got season two reruns. You never got season one reruns, maybe. I don't maybe. know. That seems, that, seems, that seems crazy that the pilot only aired three times. Yeah. Yeah. So this episode, One Breath, had a viewership of 15.3 million in the United States. And then also, this is a MythArc episode, which I think maybe it's a myth arc episode only because it's technically like Dwayne Barry part three. It kind of wraps up that storyline. Yeah. Because there's like zero UFOs. There's no aliens. And really there's almost barely any conspiracy stuff, despite both um, spoiler X and the cigarette smoking man are going to be in this episode. Yeah. I think X and the cigarette smoking man and the fact that it is kind of a continuation of the Dwayne Barry story. I think that's why it's considered myth arc because it does kind of deal with that. Yeah. And the people who are trying to keep Mulder from the truth are pretty prevalent in this episode, even though it's not really about UFOs. Yeah, and I'm not clear if the whole Mythark stuff is like the conspiracy or if it's like mainly like UFO conspiracy stuff. I'm not sure what is consuming. I guess maybe that'll get nailed down for us at some point. Yeah, possibly. I always thought it was the UFOs, but now that I think about it, I think maybe it is more about the conspiracy, which maybe was why 
conduit doesn't get counted, even though there is a little bit of like the NSA coming into the house, taking all their stuff. Yeah. So I, I, don't think, know. I think I think that one still should be a myth art episode. Oh yeah, no. Like I said, in our hearts. <laughs> in our hearts. In our hearts. In our, in our hearts. Conduit is Mythark and always will be. That is correct. So this episode opens with clouds. Ah, oh, clouds. <laughs> but instead of hearing like Michael Landon or some Irish lady, we actually hear the voiceover from Margaret Scully, Scully's mom. And she tells us that once when Dana was a little girl, she was in the woods and it was like autumn and she was always a tomboy, unlike her sister, Melissa. And for her birthday, her brothers gave her a BB gun, which I'm like, her brothers gave her a BB? That's kind of, okay, whatever. And they show her how to use it. And so then we get shots of like little Scully and her two brothers out in the woods and they're like shooting guns. And we also see her father, Don Scully, who apparently was there, but then I'm not sure that he was there the whole time. As the story goes, we'll find out. So the kids have a BB gun and they're shooting, boom, boom, boom. And like the dad told them they're only supposed to shoot at cans, I believe. Mm-hmm. And so... But then they found a garter snake in the grass or just a snake. I think it was a garter snake, but it was like a little super, it's a super tiny snake. And so they throw it and then they start shooting at it while it's on the ground. Like they picked it up and then they threw it over to a little spot and then they're all pow, 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 pow. pow. Well, I guess you don't go pow, pow, pow because you got to cock your BB gun. But anyway, so they're shooting at it. And Dana's also shooting at it. And then apparently at least one of them hits it. I think it only gets one shot, but it starts to bleed. And when it starts to bleed, Dana, of course, realizes what she's done. And she starts to cry with guilt. And she goes over and she picks up a snake and she's crying. And she says that she realized that something was missing from it. And so, and apparently she was like super scared of snakes also, but she held the dying snake until it died. And like she was holding it, trying to bring it back to life through sheer force of will, but she failed. And then in present day, Margaret has, we find out Margaret's been telling all this to Mulder and Mulder's like, it's too soon. And so like, it's too soon for what? They can't give up. And she says that day in the woods, she felt for her daughter. But now in this moment, she knows how her daughter felt. And this dude comes in with a big box and he opens up the box and in the box is a tombstone, a headstone, whatever you want to call it. And it says, Dana Catherine Scully. 1964, 1994, loving daughter and friend. The spirit is the truth. One John colon 07. Yeah. And we'll get into that. But then there's a theme song. So, yeah. Yep. Yep. Theme song. And so she has two brothers and one sister. Is that... Does that stick with canon? Or is I think like, so. Because okay. I know like in season one, she has four brothers. Oh, <laughs> I think okay. at one point they mentioned I she has four siblings. That. I think it's the exchange where they're talking about psychics. And Mulder's oh, like, you have brothers. Okay. And I think she says she has four. She doesn't mention a sister. And then Melissa's obviously like a retcon. So she comes in. Um, I remembered her having a sister, obviously, because I had seen the show a lot. So that always threw me when we were watching season one. Okay. But now Melissa is here. So I think that's sort of what. I forgot that part. I do remember you talking about them retconning a sister in. Yeah. So, so I think okay. now. And remember, Melissa wasn't at Dawn's funeral. So like. I don't. I don't think she was playing. Oh, yeah. And they're like, let's just give her a sister. Um, but were so there brothers? Were there brothers at the funeral? I think there were guys at the funeral that were supposed to be her. Okay, because no brothers show up. No brothers show up in this episode. Yeah, so. I guess they're all busy living their own lives. I have no idea. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's sort of what going forward becomes the thing is that she's got the two brothers and the sister. Okay. 
at first I thought the super redheaded little brother dude, I thought he was like tiny timmed out with like two crutches, but then I realized he was actually holding two like BB gun rifles like by the barrel with like them like pointing towards his head, which is not like super gun safety. But at first no. I was like, oh my God, she's got like a little tiny Tim brother. That's okay. Like how is that kid out there shooting? So, and the quote is actually the spirit is truth from the Bible. It's actually the last four words of one John five, six. I'm not sure why they added the extra the and why they got the actual like scripture number wrong. Uh, maybe the Scullies aren't like super great Catholics. I don't know. Well, and it's funny too, because like if you buy a headstone, you only have so many characters that you can put on there. So like they give you a number and you have to figure out something oh, that fits, which okay. I know because I bought my dad's headstone. And I, I remember like making like a little like, <laughs> almost like when you play hangman like the little lines and like trying to fill in what i could put in there you know well and that's even weirder then because they added yeah. the, the and then they added the leading zero on the five seven right so they're just maybe they had do. more characters they needed they're like we need to fill all these in i have no idea but it does seem yeah. weird to add things because you are kind of limited as to well what that does play. go into other thing i was going to mention <laughs> was that they went with 1964 1994 instead of actual dates and i was thinking maybe that's because they couldn't remember what they had said before well, I think yeah, it's so. also because they don't know if she's at, they don't have a body. And so maybe they don't have like a death date. So maybe they're just keeping oh, it years because okay. they don't know. They wouldn't have a date for her death. They would have okay. her birth. So that tells us that we're technically still probably in 1994 then. Yeah. Because we know last episode we were at least November 1st because Mulder changes his calendar to November. Yeah. So, okay. All right. I just figured like they probably couldn't remember and didn't want to get shit for it. So. Yeah. Also, worst <laughs> teaser ever, in my opinion. This is not a good X Files teaser, but it's not my me. favorite. I do get what they were doing. Like they're, you know, they're trying to show us that at this point the family has decided that they're going to put a gravestone on a grave for Scully and just decide that she's not coming back. Which, it, to be fair, I, I'm kind of torn on this because I feel like a few months is not long enough. But which is how Mulder feels. But also maybe the family is just. Maybe they just need some closure. And if she yeah, comes this back. Would be, uh, this would be about three months if we're thinking this is like shortly after three, right? After yeah, so episode. it's really not that long for her to be missing. But given the circumstances that she was taken by a guy who was kind of unhinged, like even if you don't think she was taken from that mountain, then you think that she must have been killed on that mountain. So I guess maybe. And it can be really hard to find a body in the wild. Like it just is. So yeah. maybe that's their thinking. Okay. But I get why Mulder's like, no, it's too soon. Because to me, it is kind of too soon. Okay. I'll allow it. Still not a great teaser. But... <laughs> That's fair. Totally fair. <laughs> so then we see Mulder's apartment and his home desk is covered in stuff, including the X-File on Scully's disappearance. And that includes the photo of her from the trunk of her car when Dwayne Barry had her in there and some other papers. And he's lying on the couch and he has his remote in hand. And the television's casting that blue light on his face. And then his phone rings. Yeah, and he's watching. He's at least watching Skinamax and rewinding to a scene that he like, well, it must be a tape thing because it wouldn't be, you can't rewind on Skinamax. But it's, it, it, he's watching like porn, basically, is what he's watching. There's a lot of moaning and groaning going on and whatever he's <laughs> Honestly, rewinding. knowing Mulder, that does not surprise <laughs> me at all. That seems like on brand for him. Yeah. And this actually happens in the next scene, but I put it in my notes in this scene because I'm dumb. Paul Brown, who wrote Ascension, which is the second part of Dwayne Barry, is listed as producer in this episode. And honestly, I usually don't pay attention to the credits here. And like this episode has like eight or nine producer credits. It's ridiculous. 
But so I wonder if he was actually listed as producer on other episodes as well, or if he's maybe just involved with this one because it's a continuation of Ascension that he wrote as the second part to Chris Carter's episode. So, and then we forgot to mention, like retroactively, I realized this that Paul Brown was also referenced in Sleepless because he is listed in the paper as the doctor's longtime partner. And then later he wrote Ascension. And then when we watched Ascension, I didn't put those two pieces together because I'm trash. Which is oh, I thought we did talk about that. We talked about that off air on a different episode because <laughs> oh. I, I had discovered it after the fact. Oh, yeah. Okay, I remember talking about it. I don't remember when. Yeah, no, so I was talk- like, oh, I thought we, we did. just talked about. It. I was like, oh, hey, you know what? I realized, and I'm yeah. So Oops. it's kind of awkward for the guy who's supposed to be like super nitpicky detail guy to. Uh, That's okay. You're not going to catch them all. And now you no. know how. And I usually don't. I usually don't. I should, but I usually do not pay attention to those like opening scene credits because basically it's a lot of the same names all the time you know like james wong glenn morgan david nutter you know and it's like, like, I, said, like this episode, I went back and watched it because i was like oh i should see what else is on here this episode has a gazillion I, I think there's more producers on this episode than like the entire rest of like the cast and crew it's kind of ridiculous <laughs> yeah so, that is kind of ridiculous there's I don't co-producers know. then like four <laughs> producers and then there's co-executive producers and then chris carter's an executive producer and it's like oh my god really okay so then we're at the northeast georgetown medical center in washington dc and Mulder is like rushing down a corridor and a nurse tries to stop him but he kind of like brushes her off and like goes through the icu doors and scully is lying on a hospital bed and she's in the icu she's hooked up to machines and margaret her mother is by her side and Mulder like demands to know how scully got there and the nurse like he's being kind of a jerk like he really is like i get that he's freaked out but like he doesn't you know he doesn't need to take that out on the nurse and the doctor and so he's like where is she how did she get here how did she get here and the nurse is like calm down calm down and basically the nurse tells him that scully was here when she arrived and she was unconscious when she arrived for her shift and she's like maybe you should step outside and talk to the doctor and then he sees dr daly and he asks him what the hell is going on and he like screams at him and he demands to know who brought her in was it emts was it the military and again the doctor's like dude i get that you're upset you need to calm down like yelling at me isn't going to solve your problems and so Mulder like grabs for the records on the nurse's station and so security arrives they actually drag Mulder out and as they do he like yells at the doctor that if he's hiding anything Mulder's going to find it so he's like high key like he is turned up to 11 like it's a little much <laughs> you know why he's turned up to 11 why because he loves her I mean probably and also like I get it. It's weird that she just appeared in this hospital, but like, that's not how you get answers, Mulder. And you know that you're an investigator. I don't know because sometimes being a total asshole in the hospital works. I have a story from the 1990s (laughs) from December of 1992. So predating the X-Files. So I had met my now wife and we had, you know, met in 92 and in December, early December of that year, we were going to meet up later and it turned out that she was in a really bad auto accident. She rear-ended an RV in the rain and crushed it. She was in a bug. So like the front just crumpled in. And so when I found out, I lived pretty close to the hospital. The hospital was like across the freeway. So there was like, like the, the freeway actually was down below. And then like the access roads and the overpasses were there. 
So I had a, I had a cross like an like a like a side road, and then go across the overpass, and then cross another busy side road, and then I would be like at the hospital. So I'm it's raining. I'm like running. It's night. It's dark. I'm running across the street. Like this is like full. Like the fact that I am not dead is probably a miracle because I literally am like doing like the hand on the car sliding across hoods as they like honk and stop so they don't kill you kind of thing. Like running yeah. across the street into this hospital. Oh, wow. like, like an insane person, right? And I get into the hospital and I get in there. I find out. I rush in. I'm like, well, you know, what's going on? Like total molder action here, right? And they're like, sir, sir, you can't go in there. There's only supposed to have you can only have two people in there or whatever. So like her mom and her stepdad are there. And I think her because her sister was uh, working out of town at the time, I believe. So she wasn't there yet. And so her stepdad actually left so I could go in just so they could quiet me down because I was causing <laughs> such a thing in like the emergency room, right? And then like she's conscious. So like she's technically okay. So that's that's good. You know, I find that out and her mom's in there with me. And I'm like, you know, it's, it's like she can't like they're trying to she's trying to like get up out of bed. And she can't like it's just total pain to get out of bed. And so the doctor's like, well, we think you probably like you probably strained some stuff, whatever. And I'm like, well, have you done x-rays? And he's like, no, we didn't do x-rays because I'm like, well, why don't you do I'm like, just why don't you do x-rays? What's like, why can't you guys do x-rays? Why can't you do x-rays? Right. And like her mom's a nurse. Right. And like is knows what's going on but like her mom is like no you're the doctor i'm like just do, like if i have to pay for these damn x-rays do the x-rays like just do some x-rays she can't walk so they finally do x-rays turns out um both her ankles were broken so sometimes being a, and then like later i found out the story like her mom was like oh why is he why was he so upset why was he so emotional about my daughter and i was like well because he loves her <laughs> so that's why Oh, yeah. that's sweet. I mean, it's not yeah. sweet that she ended up in an accident where she broke both her ankles, no. but. And there's like, I will call it the iconic photos, like the photo of like she and I that was taken like at Christmas that year of like we're sitting in front of a big fireplace. Everyone always thinks we were like at a ski lodge because she's got these giant leg braces on. And so like they look like giant snow boots. But oh. That's because she had broken both her ankles. Yeah. So, that's funny. Yeah. So sometimes being an asshole works. Right. Um, at least in the 90s. So. Yeah, well, and that's when this is. So, <laughs> so then so, I guess it's sometime later because apparently Mulder has been convinced to calm the F down. So he's back in the hospital. They've let him back in. And he and Margaret are sitting with Dr. Daly, who looks over Scully's chart. And he basically says, look, Dana's comatose. She has no awareness of self. There's no evidence of any kind of response or comprehension, meaning she's in a deep coma. They don't say brain dead, so that's good because that is a whole different thing that you can't come back from usually. <laughs> but she is in a deep coma. And he says no one can confirm how Dana arrived at the hospital. So they don't know who brought her in, who admitted her. He doesn't actually know how long she's been there. Obviously, they have some idea because they know when she appeared to them, but they don't know if she, you know, how long Which before. Which seems weird because she's in a bed. Like, how? Yeah, well, I someone don't... got her in, and I guess it was the next nurse who picked up the chart, so they don't know sometime during the previous shift, I guess. And he also doesn't know how long she's been in this comatose state. So Margaret kind of asks why she's in a coma, and Daly doesn't know. He says there's no sign of injury, like in her like head injury. There's no sign of metabolic issues in her blood work. They've run all these tests and they can't figure out why she's in a coma. And Mulder's like, well, we need to get her examined for trace evidence. And Daly's like, dude, she was bathed and cleaned as soon as she was admitted. So like any trace evidence that was on her body is not going to be there anymore. 
And he also says the FBI notified them of the terms of Dana's living will. And because she's a doctor, she has really specific criteria for terminating life support. And Mulder says she doesn't want to live in this condition. And he knows because he actually signed the will as her witness. So he knows exactly what's in it. Yeah, which is kind of something that you'd only have someone that you love do, honestly. Like signing your living will. That, I don't know if you have to love that. them. I think it's someone that you trust. Well, you trust and think are going to be around in your life for a long time. Yeah, because... well, they're working together and she trusts them. So that seems like... So. I'm not saying they don't love each other. I'm just saying you can absolutely do that with someone you don't love. They love each other. But, you you know, trust is, is important. Let's, let's cut to the chase. They love each oh, other. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, yeah. trust is a big thing. So Mulder comes back to Scully's bedside, and there's a woman dangling a crystal over Scully. Like, and like doing the hand thing, all this kind of stuff. And she's wearing, like, a choker, a little black lace choker with another crystal on it. And, like, a little lace-trimmed, like, dress kind of thing. And so she's kind of got that witchy-gothy thing, which Tori loves from the 90s. Yes. I'm kind of a fan of, too, actually. It's very you know, 90s. It's a good look, yeah. Yeah. And she tells him that she was told not to call him Fox. And he's like, by who? And she says, by Dana. So she says her soul is here. So she's saying like Dana just now told her not to call him right. Fox. Like yeah. when he walks in the room, don't call him Fox. And then Margaret, Scully's mom, comes in. And the woman's all, hi, mom. And so we find out that's Scully's sister, Melissa. So she puts her hands over Scully and does some more of this, like trying to feel her soul and like she says, Scully is trying to decide whether she wants to remain or move on. And so Margaret's kind of like, like walks away. I don't think she <laughs> rolls her eyes, but I think she's probably like, oh, okay, that, that's Melissa. That's my daughter. And, but Melissa takes Mulder's hand and kind of holds it over Scully and says like, you can feel her. So Mulder's kind of going through the motions, but I don't think he's really feeling it either in mm-hmm. more than ways than one. And then we get a close-up of Skelly's face and she's got like wires and tubes and like band-aids all stuck to her face and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And so I have to say, Melissa is definitely, I mean, people are going to disagree, but Melissa is the hot Scully sister as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> um, I think Frohickey's head would explode if he saw Melissa. But I could be wrong. I mean, maybe, maybe Scully's more his type. I mean, maybe. So. Yeah. I mean, I think Melissa's definitely, she's really pretty and like the way they have her styled and stuff. It's such a, not goth, but it's got that gothy, like kind of witchy look with like the peasant sleeves and like I don't remember if she had peasant sleeves but it was kind of that kind of style of like yeah because it is kind of like she's kind of got like it's a big it's like the lace thing it's like a big it's I I was gonna say like peasant dress but it's not really a peasant dress but it's it's kind of that style yeah but yeah but yeah she's definitely got that I think I call her new agey at some yeah new agey so new agey wicca maybe kind of yeah yeah kind of overlap she's got that vibe going on all in one kind of going on yeah (laughs) And she's even more of a redhead than Scully is, which yeah, is she probably is. another reason why I'm like, she's the hot one, because I'm a fan of the redheads. So. <laughs> so then in what we assume is Scully's point of view, we see Scully and she's sitting on a rowboat and it's tethered to a dock. And Mulder and Melissa are standing on the edge of the dock. And then we can kind of see a nurse behind them on the shore. And we hear Mulder say, she's not here. And Melissa says his anger is blocking his ability to sense her. And Mulder's like, I need to do more than wave my hands in the air. And so he leaves. Yeah. And then we get to Mulder's apartment and he tapes an X on his window with masking tape. And then he picks up a lamp and like shines the light against the tape. And then he waits. And we see he's kind of fallen asleep on the sofa. And the next morning he wakes up. 
And he jumps up and he rushes to the door and he grabs the newspaper that's on the doorstep and he flips through it like really frantically. And he's like looking for like a tape to fall out or a message or a note, but there's nothing in it. It's just a regular newspaper delivery. So frustrated, he like tears the tape off the window. Yeah. Basically he made like a low rent bat signal, mm-hmm. which I mean, is totally not obvious Mulder. I mean, you could, people could <laughs> see that from the window you know, and people are going to know what's going on. I mean, if you're trying yeah. to be subtle, not subtle. He, however, also is rocking that 90s fashion icon of the mock turtleneck in this scene. So I wore a lot of those in the 90s. <laughs> so. so then Frohickey arrives at the hospital and he's in a suit and he's carrying flowers. And he tells the nurse he's here to see Scully. And Mulder's at the nurse's station, so he turns and sees him. And they go see Dana. And while they're there, Frohickey looks at her chart. And he notices there's something in her blood work. And he's like, this is weird. Not just a suit. That was a full-on three-piece tuxedo he was wearing. Yeah. So he was he was dressed in the nines to come see Scully. Also, also, he's really tiny. He is, yeah. He's very small. He's a very small man. Yeah. He's very, very And it was sweet. It was nice it was that very he sweet. brought her flowers cute. and like dressed up. It was cute. Yeah. He was all hair was all combed and yeah. He, yeah. It was a big old bouquet of flowers too. Yeah. He hands them off to the nurse because I guess he can't take him into the room because you know. No. I always think it's funny that people like bring flowers to people who are sick and like I'm someone who like I have really bad allergic reactions to that stuff or like <laughs> sits off my asthma. So I'm like, don't don't do that if I'm sick. Plus it can hurt your cats. Like I don't want flowers. No one's yeah, bring me flowers. some bring me some copay if I'm in the yeah. hospital. Yeah. So. <laughs> if you want to leave checks, you can <laughs> make them out or like big bouquet I don't know. of checks and dollars. Yeah, or big... you know, some chocolates or something. I just don't want flowers. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, so then we're in the lone gunman's lair and Byers tells Frohickey and Mulder they did a good job sneaking out Scully's records and apparently Frohickey like put them down his pants. So Yeah, and Mulder quipped that there was a lot of room down there. So yeah. yeah. And Langley notes that Mulder looks really down. He's like, You should come over on Saturday night. We're gonna hop on the internet and nitpick the scientific inaccuracies of Earth too. Was that a movie or a TV show? I think it's a movie. I don't okay. know. Okay. But Mulder's like, oh, I can't. I'm doing my laundry. <laughs> and then Byers says Scully's chart shows abnormal protein chains and an amino acid chain he's never seen before. Yeah. So I thought it was really cute that Langley's like, oh, you're down. You should come hang out with us. And <laughs> I don't know. It was sweet. Yeah. And apparently this whole thing, like the thing about nitpicking the inaccuracies was meant to be like a playful jab at the fans online who were like nitpicking the show's inconsistencies and stuff, which I thought was kind of funny. Yeah, although there is another solution to that. You can pay attention to what you're doing and not screw up all the time on the show. Yeah, anyway. I don't think any show <laughs> is perfect, though. Like, every show has inconsistencies or issues. It happens. It's just the nature They of... need to hire a nerd who goes over all those details and tells them. Like, you, yeah. you're supposed to have a continuity dude. Well, they do. Or, yeah, or they're supposed to girl, have, like, a script supervisor. they apparently aren't doing their job. And they're supposed to have a serious Bible that they're checking to make sure Scully has the right number of siblings. <laughs> Yeah, and birthdays and yeah, fingers. And <clears throat> Although I think they retconned the sister because they they knew she didn't have one, and they're like, "Well, we okay. want her too." So well, it reminds me of the reason why I was asking about consistency because I know, like in Happy Days, Richie originally had an older brother, and then later, like they never mention him again. They talk about how they only have two kids, Richie and Joni, and then yeah. they had another brother in the early episodes. So yeah, sometimes in early episodes they do things, and later they decide that doesn't really work for us. So yeah. So Byers has sent Scully's medical data to someone online named The Thinker, who's apparently some kind of genius. And he reports that the protein chains are the result of branched DNA. 
And Langley says it's basically the cutting edge of genetic engineering. And Bayer says it's the biological equivalent of a silicon microchip. And so Langley looks at the diagram on the screen and he says, no, this is like technology 50 years down the line. So then Mulder's like, okay, what are you guys talking about? What is this kind of thing used for? And Frohickey says it could be a tracking system. And Byers is like, well, maybe it's a biological marker or it could even be something as insidious as a way to graft a human to something inhuman. Mm. Mm -hmm. Like maybe something alien. Yeah. But then Byers gets more data on his computer and he says that the theories are all for naught. The branch DNA is inactive, which means it's basically a waste product of whatever was done to Scully. This is kind of the waste result. So whoever was experimenting on Scully is done. And unfortunately, it's left this poison in its wake. And so then Mulder's like, well, is she going to live? And Byers is like, her immune system has been decimated and even a healthy person would struggle to fight this. And then he's like, you know, there's nothing you can do, Mulder. Like, this stuff is in her system. There's no way to get it out. She either has to fight it off or she won't. Hmm. Let me go to commercial. Yeah. Also, like, so it's really not 50 years down the line. It's more like 20 years down the line because CRISPR is basically what they're doing. And we had that. Yeah. Was that true in the 90s, though? No, but I'm saying like he says it's like 50 years down the line, and I'm really it's more like 20 years down the line because that was like in, I think 2015 is when oh, it was saying. actually okay. announced. So, yeah, yeah. Well, it moved faster than he expected. <laughs> yeah, although I mean, we still don't have like jetpacks or flying cars or transporters or deep cut here. They promised us hovercrafts. It's just another damn broken promise. <laughs> so if you know what I'm talking about, you're cool. I do not get that reference. Well, then you're not cool. Sorry. Not. You'll have to wait for the show notes and you can I'm, find I'm really out. not that cool. So Scully's still on the rowboat and we hear a voice that's talking to Scully and she says, I'm Nurse Owens. I'm here to take care of you and help you find your way home. She's all Scully, row the boat ashore. <laughs> yeah, no. And then we see a nurse standing on the edge of the dock. And then we cut back to the hospital and Nurse Owens is leaning over Scully. And she tells her she knows she's far away from home tonight and that where she is is peaceful, but she should only leave when it's time. And then she kisses Scully's forehead. So Mulder comes in as she's talking to Scully and is actually like there when she reaches over and kisses Scully. And then we see her walk away as Mulder approaches, like kind of like off camera, like see her shoulder. Yeah. And then another nurse comes in and is like, I have to take some blood. And so like Mulder gets out of the way. He doesn't really acknowledge anybody in this scene except for like to get out of the other nurse's way when she needs to get the blood. Right. And while the nurse is taking the blood, I don't know if Mulder doesn't like want to see blood being drawn because he like looks away. And while he's doing that, he sees like in the next adjoining area i guess because it's just divided by a curtain there's a man standing behind the curtain and so the nurse finishes with the blood and she puts the big old full vial on the table and then the patient next to scully i think on the other side so she's got one on the right and one on the left like crashes boom alarms go off and so the nurse is like oh you know shouts out some code and everyone rushes over to help Mm -hmm. and then so Mulder goes back over to scully and he sees that the vial of blood that was on the table is gone so he turns around to where the guy was standing and he opens the curtain and he sees like a door closing. So he chases the dude 
down the hospital hall. And the man gets in an elevator, but it closes before Mulder can get there. And he tries to pry the doors open, but he's not like Superman, <laughs> so he couldn't. And so he like runs down, down the stairs and like starts like checking all the floors to see if like he can find the guy. So I have a question for you. Uh-huh. Do you know who, so the nurse who comes in and takes the blood is S. Wilkins, RN. Do you know who that nurse is? The nurse that is assigned to Scully in the hospital? Yeah, but you know who else no, that is? Okay, well, I'll save it. I'll save it for later. All right. Okay. And then, and then, like I said, Mulder does walk in before Nurse Owen leaves, which would kind of right. creep me out if, like, I saw a nurse kissing Scully's head. Because, like, that's not really, like, something nurses should be doing. Um, yeah, they usually anyway. don't, but I don't know. But yeah. then we also have to ask the question, did he actually see her? Well, he doesn't acknowledge her, so we don't know. Yeah, we don't know. And I might be saying too much. So... So he sees the figure, they eventually like get down into the garage, basically. Like he's like running down the stairs, like going out into the hall, see if someone's got another elevator. They don't. So he goes back in and runs down the stairs and goes back and I don't know how many like flights she's up, but they eventually end up in the parking garage. Mulder pulls out his gun and chases after the guy. And then someone grabs Mulder, but it's X. And X didn't expect to see him until after visiting hours. That's X's little quip. Didn't expect to see you until after visiting hours. But he's got a gun like right in Mulder's face. And Mulder's like, get that gun out of my face. And X says he is using that gun to emphasize his insistence that Mulder give up his search for who put Scully on the respirator immediately. He needs to stop trying to find out what's going on. And Mulder's mm-hmm. all pissed off. And so he, you know, he's like, you ignored my request for help. You know, the X in the window kind of thing. And X says that you got him killed and you got her killed, which him obviously means deep throat and mm-hmm. her mean Scully basically, even though she's technically not dead yet, but he's saying like, your reason why both of them are dead. And he's like, that is not going to happen to me. So X says that Mulder is his tool and that he is using Mulder to lead them in a direction that is right here. So Mulder is actually leading them to him and he's like that's why you need to stop because right. you're not following them they are following you and you're gonna get my ass caught so Mulder asks what he means and X is like you're not supposed to know what I mean so I'm not sure why he's talking to him you're not supposed to know what he means but anyway like that's the point and he also says that Scully was a good soldier but there's nothing he can do to bring her back and Mulder's like she's not dead and X says you have no idea he's like I used to be you Mulder but I don't think you have the heart to become me And then you just like walk away, grieve for Scully and never look back. Mm -hmm. But then they hear someone else in the garage and X, he like runs off and gets behind a cover. And so Mulder takes his gun and he runs behind some cars and he's trying to find the guy. And he sees the guy and he's all FBI. And so the dude like shoots at him and then he runs behind some stuff. So then Mulder goes chasing after him and it's like they're like in the laundry room i think yes it's all yeah, dark they get to and the everything. Laundry room. yeah yeah because there's some cool i think in their dryers right but they're like all glowing red inside they look like like tanks you'd put like aliens or something and it's kind of cool i don't think mm-hmm. laundry um, facilities actually glow red like that but yeah nice um scenery and so he gets behind the guy and tells him to put his gun on the ground put his hands on his head and then he has him like turn to the side and like lean and put his head like against one of the dryers kind of with his hands up. So he pats him down, gets the vile blood. He's like, who wants this? Who wants this? And the man doesn't answer. So I was like, come on, let's go. So he's walking with the guy in front and, you know, to take him off to basically arrest him. But then the guy grabs a mop and a bucket and boom, attacks Mulder, knocks Mulder down. Gun goes away. Mulder falls down, drops the vial. Then X appears, grabs the guy, breaks his arm, like full on, and then throws him to the ground. 
and he tells Mulder to stay where you are, stay there. And then he pushes the man down in front of him and he fires his gun. Boom. And the guy goes, Pah! his head flies back. It's like he got shot in the head. And then the guy is all moaning off to the side. And X asks Mulder, like, if you want to know what it has to do to find the truth, I'm going to show you. And then we see a shadow of X pointing his gun. And the guy is like on his hands and knees looking up. And then pow, pow. And then the dude is dead. And then he yeah. looks at Mulder and he says, I'll attend to this. And scene. Mm-hmm. I do have to say the first headshot looked fake because there's no blood. And the mm-hmm. gun was too high. And the other shot is all in shadow. So like out of sight of Mulder. The whole thing could be staged. Mm-hmm. You're going to learn later there's no body. And then only Scully's blood is found at the scene because obviously the vial. So it probably it probably broke. after Because right. the, the guy had picked it up, but then X grabbed him and broke his arm. And so it dropped again. So it probably broke because in glass, right? So despite all this, like trust no one. This all might be a stage from X. Who knows? Hmm. Yeah. interesting interesting i'm just stroking my fake beard here okay yeah interesting i'm all about i mean i'm a former conspiracy theory dude so i kind of yeah. I, can, well, I, mean, I can i can go down those holes if i have to so well an ex is like literally told Mulder, i'm using you for my means so who knows right yeah also Mulder probably maybe needs to spend less time like going for runs and maybe like doing some self-defense classes because he's <laughs> not good at fighting at all he, he's constantly getting his butt kicked yeah, he so, is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he can run. He can't jump or do stairs very well. Like, he tends to trip on stairs going up them. He tends to trip on chains. But he can run as long as it's, like, flat surface. But, yeah, not good at jumping, not good at fighting. So so then we're back in the hospital room, and Scully's still on the respirator. And then we um, go to a small sitting area, and Dr. Daly is telling Margaret and Melissa that pulling the plug doesn't necessarily mean ending Scully's life. And Mulder's kind of pacing around. So <laughs> they're sitting with the doctor and he's like pacing back and forth. And Daly tells him about a patient who lived nine years after they undid her ventilator, which seems like a useless anecdote. Like, I don't know why he's saying that. If someone said that to me in this situation. Yeah, because the way he says it basically means like she lived in the hospital bed for nine years. Right. I, I, I feel like that's almost more upsetting. <laughs> Not like she got up and run around and just like died nine years later. Right. And anyway, he doesn't think that's going to be the case with Scully. So again, just don't bring it up, dude. It's fine. Um, Basically, he's just trying to tell them that it's not like taking the ventilator out is killing her. It's that either she'll live on her own or she won't. And he suspects that she's been in the state since, like, basically since she disappeared in August. And she's probably not going to improve because they have no idea how long she's been in a coma. And the longer you're in one, apparently, like, less likely it is you're ever going to come out of it. Or at least that's what I've learned from movies. Unless you're going to become a killer in a horror movie, then you will wake up and kill people. Or you're in Well, You Were Sleeping with Sandra Bullock. Otherwise... Which I haven't seen. Oh, I used to love that movie. I haven't seen it in a long time. I should watch it again. Okay. Like a Sleeping Beauty kind of thing? Yeah, it's it's like a movie where, like, she... This woman who works at the train station, she says something about how she was... She has this crush on this guy. He gets... I can't remember if he gets hit by a train or knocked out or something happens. He ends up in a coma. And while she's there, she says something about how she was going to marry that guy. And it's just like a flippant comment. But someone overhears it and thinks she's the fiance. And so then she ends up lying to the family about being engaged w- to this guy. And she kind of, I can't remember. I think she falls in love with the guy's brother. Anyway, it's, it's, I haven't seen it in a really long time, but it's really good. Oh, okay. <laughs> and yeah, my knowledge of comas come from TV and movies. So I have no idea about the reality. So Melissa at this point is like so is scully below the criteria she set forth in her will and Mulder just kind of interrupts her and he's like 
you know, it's possible that the branch DNA can be treated with antibiotics. So we should give her antibiotics. And Dr. Daly's like, I don't know where you got this diagnosis, but you're in no position to dictate her treatment. And Mulder argues that Daly never provided any information about what's wrong with Scully. He doesn't have a diagnosis either. So they need to study her and figure out what's going on. And Melissa gets kind of upset. She's like, look, she's not a piece of evidence. And yeah, because Melissa, I'm pretty sure, is it, doesn't before Mulder starts talking about the branch DNA, doesn't the doctor agree? Like when Melissa asked that question, he does say yes. Yeah, I think so. And then Mulder kind of yeah. just like jumps in with, we should do this, this, and this instead. Yeah. And Melissa's like, look, I love my sister, but I don't want to keep prolonging her life when it's time. And if she's not going to get better, then there's no reason to keep her on this respirator. Mm-hmm. And she tells her mom that removing the ventilator is the right thing to do. And Margaret is basically like, look, I'm not even making this decision. Dana made this decision with her will. And Mulder turns away. He's upset. And Margaret tells him that he and Dana have a relationship built on respect. And she recently lost her husband. And she doesn't want to lose her daughter either. But she respects Dana and her wishes. And she's like, this is a moment for the family. But you're welcome to join us if you want. And which I thought was sweet that she offered that he could like be there with them. And he shakes his head. And so Margaret, Melissa, and Dr. Daly go inside. And Mulder just kind of looks defeated. Yeah. And Scully's mom calls him Fox twice. Yeah. Well, I mean, she's she's the mom. And I feel like that's, you know, moms are going to use the first name. And that's kind of their asserting their. Although she's always called him. She's always called him Fox. She's She's never called him Fox. I went back and checked. Oh, she never had. Huh? No. I wonder if that's her way of being like, look, Fox, this is our, you know, my kid, my decision. They need it for later. Oh. Yeah. At least that's my guess. Yeah. Possibly. So then we see in Scully's mind, she's still on the boat and the rope tethering her boat to the dock breaks and she starts to drift away. Drift away off to commercial land. Yep. And then we get a commercial. (laughs) Yep. So if only she drifted away, but she doesn't. I shouldn't I shouldn't I shouldn't spoil she might drift away we don't know drama (laughs) right it's commercial time Scully's drifting away what are we gonna do all right so we come back and there's a pack of Morley cigarettes sitting on Skinner well on a desk and we find out at Skinner's desk the desk also now has a sign that reads thank you for not smoking and the cigarette smoking man drops a report on the desk and he's like read it it's all there and he says, if you're having trouble sitting on Mulder, you know that we would have no trouble doing that. So kind of a little little, little threat. Like if you can't control your dude, we can control him. Mm-hmm. And you know what that means. So what is he actually saying? Hmm. So he grabs a cigarette and puts it in his mouth and he starts to light it. And Skinner's like, mm-mm, points at the <laughs> sign. Well, he nod- I think he nods at the sign. I don't think he points, but he kind of nods at the sign. And the cigarette smoking man looks at the sign, you know, thank you for not smoking. And then he looks at Skinner and he just lights his cigarette anyway. Oh, attitude. And then he kind of, oh, yeah, he walks over to the edge of the room where apparently there's an ashtray and he stubs out. Again, he's putting out entire cigarettes. <laughs> stubs it out. Right. That's why he's always out of cigarettes. Pushes it out of the ashtray and he walks out. Oh. I love just, just that power move of like, oh, I can't smoke in your office. Oh. Okay. Yeah. I love everything about the scene. I love that Skinner has gotten a sign for his desk. It's like, thank you for not smoking. I think it's so 
brilliant and i love like especially because now he's like actively working against this guy and so he's a sign and then he starts like cigarette smoking starts to light up and he's just like ahem him yeah, with the and then and then when he does light up and takes that drag off it, right? They cut to Skinner, and Skinner's like, <laughs> like his 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 nostrils flare. It's uh-huh. kind of good. Yeah, he it's doesn't so say good. anything. He doesn't say anything, but like he's like, mm, he knows he knows exactly what the dude's doing, right? You oh gotta, yeah, and then you have to be blind not to know what he's doing. So yeah. the cigarette smoking man takes one freaking drag off that cigarette, and then just stubs the whole thing out. It's totally a power move. It is so yep. good. The whole scene is freaking brilliant. I love it. <laughs> Yep. It, oh, it's a good one. It's a very good one. Yeah, the scene yeah. made me happy. So then there's a knock at the other door in Skinner's office. So the cigarette smoking man has left through one door. <laughs> Skinner has a baller office. Like, that thing is huge. I know, because before he only had one door. Because remember when Mulder tried to go in and then there was all those people sitting at the table? Maybe there's a door on the side that we didn't see. I know. Yeah, I think maybe the table was blocking that door. <laughs> maybe there's a private cigarette smoking man door. Yeah. So Skinner says, come in, and Mulder enters. And Skinner tells him to sit down and he called him in because of an incident at the hospital last night. And there's a rumor that Mulder was involved in the execution of a man in the laundry room. And Mulder's like, nope, I was with Scully the whole time. And Skinner says there are traces of Scully's blood found at the scene. And Mulder's like, well, let me see the police report. And Skinner's like, there's no police report and there's no body. You know that. And Mulder's like, well, if I, I have no knowledge of the situation, so I actually don't know that. I don't know what you're talking about. And Skinner tells him to knock it off. And Mulder's like, how does it feel, this constant denial of knowledge and the answering questions with questions? Yeah. <laughs> Just kind of a dick move. But anyway. Yeah. Which, obviously, that's what the report that the cigarette smoking man gave Skinner is. Oh, yes. be that Because it's like there's an execution of a man. There's no body. So, like, how do you know there was an execution of a man? Right. Like, you have nothing to go on. except for There's, there's no police report. Some, there's no police report. No, nothing. We found, like, nothing. some of Scully's blood at the scene. But that's all right. we know. So, yeah. Yeah. So, Skinner basically is like, I want to know what happened. And Mulder gets up and he grabs the ashtray with the still smoking butt. And he says, cancer man is what happened. He's responsible for what happened to Scully. And Skinner's like, how do you know that? And Mulder asks who the cigarette smoking man is. And Mulder's like, you can have my badge, you can have the X-Files, just tell me where the cigarette smoking man is. And Skinner asks, and then what? He sleeps with the fishes? And then he's like, we're not mafia agent Mulder, we work for the Department of Justice. And Skinner's like, I respected Scully, I liked her, but we all know what can happen in the course of duty, and if Mulder wasn't prepared for that, he shouldn't have played the game. And Mulder asks, well, what if I knew the risks, but I never told Scully? And Skinner's like, well then you're as much to blame for her condition as the cancer man. And so Mulder leaves. Yeah, which is kind of baloney. I mean, and Mulder should know it's baloney. Like, she saw Deep Throat be assassinated right in front of her eyes. Like, right. she knows what the game was. Although she does have a problem, like, believing evidence when it's right in front of her face. So maybe, I don't know. But yeah. But yeah, the whole, like, Mulder guilt thing is kind of like, dude, it's not your fault. Sorry. It's not, but he's on a, he's determined to, like, make it his fault and take the blame and... As someone who does that a lot, which is not a healthy coping mechanism, I totally get it because it's easy to be like, well, it's my fault, even though it's it's not your fault. She knew what she was doing, but <sighs> although she did tell him <laughs> not to believe Dwayne Barry, I'm just saying. It's kind of her fault. That's what I mean. It's kind of her fault because she's like, you know, doesn't believe evidence when it's right in front of her face. So anyway. Well, no, I mean, it's she told Mulder not to mess with him and then she got kidnapped by him. So anyway. Well, she didn't tell him that. 
she said that she thought he was lying about right. being abducted by aliens. Yes. She didn't tell Mulder because Mulder was already in it by the time she showed oh, up I know. In her, she couldn't in her keep... supersonic jet. From, oh, you know. I know. I don't think Scully had any way to stop that ball. It was already rolling down the hill. Which is why she should have just stayed in D.C. and talked to Krychek or Kasdan on the phone. But anyway. <laughs> not going to let it go. So. So then Scully's lying on a wood table and she's wearing like a white shrift dress in an otherwise empty white room. And her dad walks up and he's wearing a white naval uniform and he says, hello, Starbuck, it's Ahab. And he tells her that people would always tell him life was too short and kids grow up super fast. And he never really listened. Like he never really realized how much he loved his daughter or his family until he was one breath and one heartbeat away from death. And he knew he'd never see them again. And in that moment, he'd have traded every medal he earned for one more second with Scully. And he tells her they'll be together again, but not now. And then he turns and walks away. And Nurse Owens bends over Dana and tells her she knows death is in arm's reach tonight, but her time is not over. So that's her dad wearing this white suit. Yeah. Because naval uniforms are ridiculous, honestly. (laughs) Oh, great. Now the Navy's going to come after us. Well, I mean, they they need, they should know that by now. I mean, Popeye can work it, but yeah, otherwise it's, yeah. Anyway. So Melissa and Mulder are sitting in the hospital cafeteria. And I think Melissa's eating like fried chicken. I was kind of checking to see what she's eating. I think she's eating fried chicken. Oh, yeah. I didn't notice, but yeah, I know it was something. Yeah. I kind of expected maybe she would have been like a vegetarian, maybe just fall into that whole trope. But I think she was eating fried chicken. Yeah. Or, or something like breaded like chicken. I don't know why. You, well, I don't think you eat chicken fried steak with your fingers, but I think she was eating fried chicken. Mm-hmm. And she tells him that he can spend the rest of his life fighting everyone who's responsible but it won't bring her back. And by her, she obviously means Scully, right? And she's like, whoever did this to her has an equal horror coming from them. And Mulder's like, including myself. So yeah, he's totally on the whole guilt trip action. Mm -hmm. And then a woman comes up and asks Mulder if he has change for the cigarette machine. And he's like, yeah, no, I don't, sorry. And so Melissa asks what Mulder means. And the woman, as they're talking, the woman then tells, oh, there's already a pack in the machine. It's Morley's, not my brand. And she just walks away. And Mulder's like, because the woman was in a nice suit. And so he gets up and he picks up the pack out of this machine and he opens it. And inside is like a little yellow, maybe a post-it note, but like a little yellow piece of paper. And it says 900 West George Street. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. It's also so wild to me that there used to be like cigarette machines in hospitals. <laughs> Well, there used to be like commercials with doctors like saying like, like, you know, Winston is my brand because it's low yeah. tar or whatever, or like smoke pipes all the time. Well, you know what your problem is. Yeah, it's just oh. funny how like it's even just 25 years later. It's so jarring. It's like, whoa. I mean, That's honestly, haven't eaten in some cafeterias in hospitals back in the day, like in the 80s and stuff. The cigarettes were probably the least dangerous thing in those <laughs> machines because some of the food was cool. So, yeah, like yeah. tuna sandwiches. Yeah. 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 So, anyway. So, there's a television and it's playing a black and white war movie and on the coffee table, there's like a full ashtray and two beer bottles mm-hmm. and the cigarette smoking man is sitting in an easy chair And he puts a cigarette butt into one of the empty beer bottles and then he lights another cigarette and he hears something and he stands, but Mulder grabs his collar like kind of from behind and pulls him back down. And he comes around in front of him and he holds a gun on him 
And he's like, I'm going to ask the questions and you're going to answer. And the cigarette smoking man's like, don't try and threaten me, Mulder. I've watched presidents die. So Mulder knocks the cigarette out of his hand and he's like, why her and not me? And cigarette smoking man says nothing. And Mulder demands that he answer. And cigarette smoking man finally says, I like you. I like her too. And that's why she was returned to you. And Mulder's like, you should be the one to die. And cigarette smoking man asks why. He has no wife, no life. He just has power. And he's in the game because he believes he's doing what's right. And if Mulder knew what he knew, things would fall apart. And he told Skinner that Mulder shot the man in the hospital, but he didn't really believe it. Except here he is with a gun to his head. And he's like, I actually have more respect for you. And you can kill me now, but you'll never know the truth. So Mulder tightens his finger on the trigger, but he doesn't shoot. And Cigarette Smokey Man's like, that's why I'll win. And then, you know, because you can't shoot me. (laughs) And he's like, this will be our secret. I wouldn't want others to start rumors. And he lights another cigarette. Yeah. Doesn't at one point, too, he say that Mulder is starting to become a player? Like, that's why you have respect for him. Because it's like you're starting to become a player. Like, if you stick around, you'll be, like, you know, in the know, maybe, kind of thing. Yeah. So then we're back in the X-Files office and Mulder prints out a letter of resignation from the FBI and he signs it and leans back into his chair. And then we go to commercial. Commercial. Yeah. So the cigarette smoking man smokes Morley cigarettes, which we talked about before, is basically like a TV version of Marlboro. Right. He also drinks Budweiser beer because they didn't make a fake beer. They just turned the labels around so you can't see that it said Budweiser. But those are totally Budweiser bottles. Yeah. So. So then the camera focuses on the I want to believe poster and we see Mulder and he grabs like a microscope from below and he's putting it in a box and basically packing up his office and Skinner opens the door and he says, when I started out, this is where they kept the copier. And then Skinner tears up his resignation letter and he says, this is unacceptable. And he knows that Mulder feels responsible for what happened to Agent Scully, but he's not going to accept this resignation as a feat of self-punishment. And Mulder says all the forensic and witness accounts and they still know nothing. And he hates what he's become. Yeah. And also like when Skinner walks in and says like, this used to be the copy room. And then Mulder, like still Mulder still like in his self-pity, self-guilt thing. He's like, well, at least then it served a purpose. I it's know. Like, oh he's, my God. He's beating himself <laughs> up. He is. He really like, is so dramatic. Hard. That is a super ancient looking microscope that he has though. That's gotta be like a collector's item. I don't know. That's like, I mean, I'm sure it's probably a functioning microscope, but it's a, like, it's like an old timey microscope. So Yeah. So then Skinner tells him, like, when I was 18, I went to Vietnam and I wasn't drafted. I enlisted in the Marine Corps on my 18th birthday. And so Skinner did this in blind faith, believing it was the right thing to do. And then on a tour, a 10-year-old Vietnamese boy came into camp covered in grenades. And Skinner had to shoot him in the head. And on that patrol, his unit was caught and everyone fell. And at the time he basically had a near-death experience like he looked down on his body from above and he didn't really recognize his own body at first and he watched the Viet Cong like strip his uniform and take his weapon and he felt peaceful and unafraid and like he could just see the bodies of his dead friends and himself and the next morning Marine Corps men arrived and they put him in a body bag and then I guess at some point like he must have moved or something happened they found a pulse on him and realized he wasn't actually dead he doesn't actually know what happened He woke up in a Saigon hospital two weeks later and Skinner says he's afraid to look any further beyond that experience, but Mulder is not. And that's why his resignation is unacceptable. And he starts to leave and Mulder says, 
you're the one who gave me cancer man's location and you put your life in danger. And Skinner's like, every day is dangerous. That's just life. Yeah. So Skinner's got his people too. So he has like his little agent people because like the woman who was mm-hmm. like, Oh, not my brand kind of thing. So she's one of, she's one of Skinner's people. Mm-hmm. Everyone's got their people. Yep. Mm. <laughs> yeah. The one this is a good scene, but one thing distracted me the entire time, and I'm not sure why, and I'm not sure why someone Skinner's face is all smudgy. Like is he's it? got like smudges on like his forehead between his eyes and like on his cheeks. He's all smudged up. Like he had like ink on his fingers and was rubbing his face or something. There's like smudges all over his face. And I'm not huh. sure what the what that was put. Is there something that was filmed and then we missed it? I don't know, but like it totally distracted me the whole time. Yeah. I couldn't figure it out what was going on. So I just kept looking at me like, no, yeah, that's not Shadow. His face is all smudged <laughs> up because he would move and they wouldn't go away. And I was like, no, he's got like black smudges on his face. What's going on? I don't understand. Anyway. So Mulder is carrying a box of his stuff down the stairs. So I'm not sure where he's taking it because like his office is in the basement. And then it sounds like he's decided not to quit. So I'm not sure where he's taking his stuff. If he's like, maybe he got upstairs and going back to the base. I have no idea. Maybe it's stuff he'd already took out of the office is bringing oh, new stuff back. So that could be it. Back. I just thought yeah. of that. So that could be it. Okay. That makes gonna, sense. I'll grant him that. Okay. That's what I'll say. That probably is not, but that's what I'm saying it's going to be. And X shows up and hands Mulder a plane ticket. And Mulder's like, but we barely know each other. And so X is like, I can't tell you why Scully was taken, but I'm giving you the men who took her. So the plane ticket is bought in Mulder's name. And then the men who took Scully are going to find out that Mulder bought the plane ticket and is going to be out of town. And that also that Mulder has information about Scully's abduction in his desk at his apartment. So basically X set up like false information. These guys are going to think Mulder has information and that he's going to be gone. And so they're going to go raid Mulder's desk at apparently 817. So it's all planned like down to the minute, but Mulder will be at his apartment at 817 and he'll be armed he'll be waiting to defend himself with terminal intensity. And X tells him that's the only way. And then after tonight, that he and Mulder cannot make contact for several weeks. Right. So we see Mulder sitting in his apartment. It's dark. He's got the gun on the table next to him. And then there's some shadows moving from behind the door. Because he has like a little gap in his door. And he looks at his watch and it's like 7.30. He picks up the gun. Maybe they're early. Someone knocks. And then we cut outside and we see that it's Melissa. Mulder's going to shoot Scully's sister. Marcus <laughs> lose both her daughters in one episode. It's going to be horrible. Anyway, she's like knocking on the door and she's like, you know, she asks if he's in there. And so Mulder answers and he apologizes. And she says, like, I called, but your machine wasn't on. No one picked up. And so she came by. So she asks if he can come in and he kind of doesn't want to let her in, but he eventually does. And they walk inside and she's like, why is it so dark? And he's like, because the lights aren't on. So again, Mulder being Mulder. <laughs> And she kind of like is like, all right, this is what I got to deal with. Fine. <laughs> so. Yeah. So Melissa has just come from the hospital and Dr. Daly says Scully is weakening. And so she thinks Mulder would want to see Scully before anything else happens. Because they did take her off the respirator. Right. right. Yeah. So. And so she's fading away. And Mulder tells her he can't, not right now. And Melissa's like, I don't have to be psychic to see that you're in a dark place. All the lights are out. <laughs> and Mulder's like, cut the harmonic convergence crap. And then Melissa's like, well, at least that's positive. Like, she doesn't understand why it's easier to run around trying to get revenge rather than just expressing what he feels. And then she kind of storms out. And Mulder sits back down at the table with his gun and kind of looks at the clock. 
What does she mean expressing what he feels? Hmm, what could he be feeling? Could he be feeling love? I I mean, probably. (laughs) It's also one of those things where it's like, you know, you have this window to say goodbye and you might regret it if you don't. So at the hospital, Mulder arrives and he sits by Scully's bedside and she's still unconscious and he puts his hand on hers and he's like, I feel Scully that you believe you're not ready to go and you've always had the strength of your beliefs. And he knows he may not be able to help bring her back, but he's there. And then we see the clock and it's 8.17. So he missed his window to get the guys who are going to come into his apartment. Yep. And she has wires taped to her hair, which I'm thinking is probably why they're not getting brain activity from the monitors, because they have the wires taped to her hair instead of her head. Whoops. So that, that might be part of the problem. Anyway. So then it's morning and we're back in Mulder's apartment and like Mulder, well, Mulder gets back to his apartment and the place has been ransacked. It's a total mess. So Mulder just stands in the doorway and kind of lowers his head and he kind of slumps into a crouch and starts to cry. And then we see Scully's in a hospital bed in the woods. And then the reality of the hospital kind of materializes around her and the trees fade away. And a nurse stops in front of her and orders someone to call Dr. Daly. And we see Scully's eyes are fluttering. Yeah, she's on a bed right in front of the nurse's station in the hallway. Like, what the hell, dude? What are they doing? Like, oh, we took her off the respirator, just put her in the hallway so we'll know when she dies and we can tag her and take her away. Like, she's in the hallway on a bed. Oh, weird. I thought she was still in the. Um, no, she's right. She's right in front of the nurse's station. There's like people walking by and she's just right there, like in the hallway on the bed. Oh, weird. And then Mulder's phone rings and his answering machine turns on and then he picks up and then we see him smile. So good news, probably. (laughs) Maybe. Or someone told him a joke. Maybe, maybe. And then we see Scully and she's in a regular hospital room. So she's not in the ICU anymore. And Melissa and Margaret are there. And Mulder enters the room and Margaret says, hello, Fox. And Scully like kind of had her head turned away. And she's like, not Fox, Mulder. And she turns toward him and she smiles and he smiles back. And that's why Margaret had to call him Fox several times earlier. So that I guess so. This yeah. Part. yeah. And he asks how she's feeling. And she's like, I don't remember anything after Dwayne Berry took me. Like, it's all gone. And he's like, it doesn't matter. And he got her a present and he answered a VHS tape called Superstars of the Super Bowls. And Scully, like, kind of joked. She's like, well, I knew I had a reason to live. And he knows she needs to get some rest, but he just kind of came by because he wanted to see her. And then she tells him, Mulder, I had the strength of your beliefs. And Mulder gives her back her cross necklace and tells her that he was holding it for her. And then he leaves. And I thought this scene was, like, super adorable like it was so cute and the fact that he gives her like this vhs tape of super bowl highlights that she probably does not give a shit about i thought it was hilarious like like where do you get that from too like it was it like in the gift shop down below like, you just, I don't know. <laughs> it's just like the yeah. funniest thing and then he gives her back and i don't know i thought it was really sweet yeah no it was it was good i mean it's it's so what i'm watching it and if, if you're watching it not thinking about like if you're just watching this as a scene of like someone has been in a coma and like someone comes in and has you know has been really worried about them and comes in and talks to them because then he starts to leave and then he kind of turns back and is like oh like he forgot like and then he's going to give her back the cross right mm-hmm. you're almost like wait you didn't give her a kiss like you would have like you're waiting for him to give her a kiss and he didn't because 
know, oh. they can't say they're in love, right? So well, that's, and that, that and seemed weird, but yeah, I wouldn't have expected him to. I would have thought it was weird if he did, only because like they've never, as far as we know, they've never kissed before, and like her family's there. Well, I mean, I the nurse it's... kissed her on the forehead. I mean, like that kind of kiss, right? Like yeah, kiss on the head, okay, yeah. that kind of thing. You know, like a little like you know, you know, you you rest, I'll I'll see you later. You know, yeah, kiss on the head kind of thing. Like you would do like with a friend, basically. I mean, a friend would kiss you on the forehead, I would think. So also, she look when he hands her the cross, and then she kind of looks at it, and she kind of turns away towards her mother a little bit. She looks like she was upset honestly she kind of looked upset maybe that was just like bad emoting or something i don't know but to me she looked upset for a second and then but i don't know yeah dialogue kind of made him want to barf but anyway (laughs) the whole little like not fox Mulder. i was like oh that's why she that's like it's really striking like when she calls him fox several times because she says it like adamantly like fox like in the middle of like when he's talking and then like called him fox again and i was like whoa like and they made the whole big deal about you know, with Melissa, she told me not to call you Fox. Dina told me not to call you Fox. And so they made a big deal about it. I was like, whoa, that's, that seems really. And then that's, that's why they did it was because of the whole, so she could say that. And I was like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> so, and then of course I did go back and look at the scenes with in previous episodes and she never called him Fox. So. Right. Well, I mean, he is pretty riled up in the hospital. I can see her calling him Fox and be like, dude, you're my daughter's friend. I'm going to call you by your first name. I mean, it would be weird because in that setting, like I said, she always calls him Agent Mulder. Like when they're sitting, like at the end of Ascension, when she gives him back the cross and says, you give it to Scully, she calls him Agent Mulder then. Yeah. She calls him Agent Mulder. She never actually calls him Mulder. She always calls him Agent Mulder. But like in this situation, it would seem kind of awkward to say Agent Mulder because that's really formal. Yeah, exactly. And then, like you said, as a mom, you normally don't call your friends by their last name. You know, you call them by like their whole first name or something. Yeah. Yeah, I get it, but it just—I know why they did it. They did it so Scully could have that line because they were like, you know, it'd be cute, and so that's why they—they they probably backwrote the entire scene so that they could do that. Probably because it is—it is Morgan, so they got to get some Morgan in there. So then we see Scully and she's like still in the hospital bed, but she's awake and she's holding the cross or she's wearing the cross and she's kind of holding it, like playing with it in her hand. And the nurse comes in and gives Scully some medicine and Scully asks if she can see Nurse Owens. And the nurse is like, who? And so Scully kind of describes her haircut and stuff. And she's like, she was watching over me in intensive care and I just wanted to thank her. And the nurse is like, there's no Nurse Owens at this hospital. Nurse Owens is dead. Da, da, da. That's who Nurse Wilskin says. <laughs> you remember? No. You don't remember your favorite person from Shadows? Oh my God. Is that her? That's her. Oh, oh my God. That means we can get a name, right? Yeah. So, uh, so I went back. So I saw, I was like, I know this woman. I know this woman. Like when she's taking the blood and stuff, I didn't, because she's also the one that tries to stop him when, when he's running in. Mm-hmm. But like when she's taking the blood, you, you actually get like a close up and she gets like more lines, all that kind of stuff, right? And I'm like, I know who this is. And I'm like, that's and what made me really double check because then I was like, that's not who I think it is. Because I had seen when we were watching Dwayne Barry, I was looking to see if CCH Pounder was any in any more episodes because like okay. she was really good, right? So we yeah, were looking to see. And on the X Files wiki page, there was a Croft reference that she played a nurse in Ascension, and I'm like, what? And then I went to Ascension, and she wasn't listed at all. 
right? And it's not listed in any of her credits. And I'm like, what? And so that's like the only reference. And then I went back later and like that that cross-reference was missing. So maybe I caught someone in the midst of editing the wiki. I don't know, right? And then when we watch Shadows, we looked for her name because they give her a name in the episode. We talked about it. Like she's Dr. Bledsoe in the episode. And we made a comment of like, wow, she's actually even a named character. And yet she's not listed in any of the episodes. So two things. One, I think we're both trash because in some of the books she is listed as Dr. Bledsoe. Oh, and we really? Missed, and we missed that. But I swear in the wiki she was not. Because at the time that we watched Shadows, I didn't have my books. And so in the wiki, it didn't say it. And she's like at the top. So maybe someone edited and added her or just I totally missed it. But yeah, she's she's listed as Dr. Bledsoe in Shadows. And then she's listed as Nurse Wilkins in this episode. And then she appears in another episode, I think. And then she's she also, I think, in, in Millennium as well. And then she's in the movie. Yeah, She's, she's in, in I Want movie. to Believe, the second movie. Yeah, and she's in one more episode in season four, I think. And I think she's also in Millennium. Or I might be conflating. I know CCH Pounder is also in Millennium, like in five episodes. So I might be conflating those. Oh my those. gosh, I can't believe I didn't recognize her. Maybe because she wasn't being so deadpan. Well, and her hair is different too. Because yeah. she had kind of like roundish hair in Shadows, and here she yeah. has much more close hair. But yeah, no, it's it's a uh, it's Doctor so Bledsoe. Yeah, her name is Lorena Gale. Yeah, she sadly died in two thousand nine. Yeah, so, but yeah. she was credited in Shadows as Lorene Gale, like it was spelled differently. So I wonder if that's oh. why. Yeah, but still, it's listed as her as her character name, and yeah. we knew what the character name was. So either we just totally dismissed it. Or that was added after. I mean, it's a wiki, right? It's not. Yeah, it probably was because I remember looking really hard to find out who she was because I was really like impressed with her, and I didn't even find her on IMDb at that point. But she is listed on it's on her IMDb now. Yeah, and she's listed in at least one of. The, I mean, I now have like eight X Files books that I use for the episode that I go through after I watch the episode to see if there's anything in there that I want to pull out. Um, and she's listed in at least one of them credited. So either yeah. we just missed it or we didn't have those books at the time. Because I know you've right. also got some books since we started doing the podcast yeah so, so either yeah but yeah that's great yeah i'm so excited i can't believe i didn't recognize her i didn't even it did not click at all but oh, i'm when so I found glad it, we I was like, oh my god i gotta let tori know about this yeah that's why I had yeah a that's exciting Owens is dead yeah she was also in god so many things yeah she was on an episode of dead like me also as a doctor she played a lot of doctors and nurses yeah oh and she played a miss owens once <laughs> Oh. Anyway, um, yeah, that's awesome. So Lorena Gale is deadpan medical examiner who should have yeah. gotten her own show. And RIP. yeah, she was she was in our yeah she can't be in our spinoff series because sadly she's yeah she was Although, only fifty one. Oh, yeah, she died pretty young. Oh yeah. god, that's awful. Yeah, but at least now we know who she is. <laughs> yeah, and she's gonna and, and you'll get to see her a couple more times. Yeah, mystery solved. Thank you for. And thank you, Lorena Gale, for being amazing. Yeah. And I want to say, I don't know, because now I can't find the link. And I'm going to go after we look again to double check. And it'll probably be right there. But like the one that said like CC, I want to say the note said that CCH Pounder played Nurse Owens, which obviously is not true. But then I was like, because when I when I was like, I know this woman, I'm like, but that's not Agent Kasdan. That's not CCH Pounder. So then I went back and that's why I went back to the actual wiki to look. And it was like, Oh, and then she is so like she played Dr. Bledsoe in Shadows. And I'm like, in Shadows, 
wait, Bledsoe. And so then I went on that and I was like, oh, it is her. Oh my God. So, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Mystery solved. Yay. So apparently the exhaustion of being a new mom and like having to spend her days filming in bed because she was in a coma. Um, so apparently that meant Jillian Anderson drifted off a lot during filming this episode, which I don't know. I feel like it'd be really hard to like lie in bed with your eyes closed and like have people acting around you. I feel like that'd be super awkward. Well, I mean, if you're tired, I mean, and she's not, she's supposed to be unconscious. So it's not like, you know, maybe she was method acting. Like, No, yeah. No, there's nothing wrong with falling asleep. I just feel like I've never thought about that. Like, acting before like i feel like that would just be a really hard thing because you have to just it's not as bad as having to play dead but like still just you have to be still and not react and just you know be quiet i guess it's easier than (laughs) other things but yeah just be awkward i feel like yeah what was also awkward apparently according to james wong is that after they after they filmed all the stuff and they're going through post-production like he's like so she just had a baby (laughs) nothing we do about it like her breasts are super huge in the seats. Like when she's laying there in the bed and stuff like, and they are, her breasts yeah. are gigantic because she just had a baby. Of course they're yeah. going to be, but like, yeah, he's like, exactly. what, what can we do? But he was like, I, I don't know how to say it, but like her breasts are gigantic. But that was kind of funny, but yeah. And you can kind of see that in before she left too, like towards the end of season one, two, you kind of tell like, you know, she was in, she was in pregnancy mode. She was, her body was changing. So Yeah. And apparently they also considered making Melissa a romantic interest for Mulder, which I feel like would have gotten awkward. I mean, only if we think Mulder and Scully love each other. Well, I just think like... Otherwise it's not awkward. Yeah, I think it'd be awkward just because, I don't know, I feel like Mulder and Scully have really good chemistry. I didn't feel like Mulder and Melissa had chemistry, really. So I disagree because also... they, she, so, okay, so maybe she, they, maybe they don't have like Mulder and Scully level of chemistry, but they definitely had more chemistry than like Mulder and Phoebe and oh, yeah. Mulder in whatever her normal name was that was actually his real life girlfriend at the time in three like she had way more chemistry than either of those two people did i could have seen it and i might have and also would have been interesting because like they both have like fringe beliefs but like their fringe beliefs like don't overlap and they obviously at least on Mulder's end he definitely doesn't believe her fringe beliefs right we don't know what hers are like as far as extraterrestrials and whatever but you know you could have her that so so that she doesn't so she's like all new agey girl and he's all like government conspiracy ufo (laughs) guy and they could have like their little you know whatever so that's just me um more more fan fiction i need to write apparently yeah there you go (laughs) i bet i bet there's a tag on ao3 for Mulder melissa i'm sure that exists i doubt it's very popular but i'm sure it's there you got Mulder and skinner from my men on film episode review and then i think Mulder and kazden would have kicked butt oh yeah because kazden would have been like hard-ass skeptic although also still open right because at the end she's like you know i thought you would like to know this kind of stuff yeah kazan would have kicked butt she's got kind of a scully vibe there where she like doesn't believe until she's got evidence but once she has evidence it's like okay that would have been awesome Mulder and kazan and then i probably i I don't think i can get Mulder and kazan into like a scolder or a molly and so that would also work for me doing the podcast um because like mazden or Kazder, that doesn't really work. So, yeah, <laughs> be easier to out. read. <laughs> would help me out a lot. Yes. So, Melinda McGraw, who played Melissa, was actually dating Nicholas Leah at the time, who plays Krychek. Oh, so, nice. Yeah, because they met on the Commish, which is a Morgan Wong show, 
and they apparently wrote this role specifically for her because they nice. worked with her previously. Yeah, so that's why they so. retconned a sister in because they're like, we're going to hire this girl. Yeah. <laughs> She's so going to so they were So at that time, they were actually dating. Oh, cool. So, yeah, I don't know if they have any episodes together. But. I don't. I don't know. I know Melissa comes back a couple times, but I don't think Krychek's in it. Maybe. I think, well, Krychek must come back because he's like super popular. He's got to come back at some point. I just don't know when. I don't think he has a a lot of episodes total, but I know he comes back at some point. He's not gone yet. Yeah. All that said, am I like thinking like it would be cool to have her be like all new AG and Mulder be like all UFO-y and then having like, you know, little, little spats kind of thing all the touch by an angel heaven to heaven scully in a boat there's no nurse by that name crap that was i, I hated that stuff in this episode I just yeah hated all of it Ugh. it didn't bother me i did think the whole the that nurse doesn't exist thing was over the top like it didn't need to be there i did think that was a little silly like but it's the x-files they need the, the opening was thing. totally like you were waiting for like i said like you were waiting for michael landon to start talking or that irish lady from touched by an angel and just be yeah like, ah. i never watched touched by an angel my mom did for a while i could oh. never get into it yeah it was just like oh and i mean well highway to heaven was in the 80s but Touch by an Angel was actually contemporaneous with this season of the X-Files. Yeah. So it was out by the time they had made this episode. So, yeah. I've, so I have to say, I've come to the realization, or maybe I've just come to accept something that I was trying to deny myself. I just don't like Dana Scully. I don't Aww. think I like Dana Scully at all. I mean, I might be out of a job now, but I just, I don't think I like her. Um, Yeah. Well, maybe future seasons will change that. I don't know. Maybe. I did hear, so so side thing, this is weird. So I was listening to an episode of Skeptoid recently, and they were doing their top 10 fictional scientists. And I think Scully was like number two with like Spock as like number one. Oh. And one of the things they mentioned that he mentioned, and again, this is like a person's interpretation. So I don't know how true this is for the season how it rolls right it's just another person's interpretation although he's pretty good about staying on track is that at some point Mulder and Scully kind of flip and Scully apparently the thing I've been complaining about the whole time she finally does it and she has such an accumulation of evidence that she realizes that like she actually jumps to the alien conclusion before Mulder and Mulder okay. kind of like poo-poos it so they almost like flip rolls I could see that, especially so, as the show goes on. Yeah, and so kind of maybe she, I, I don't know. I mean, if, 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 if they totally flip, then I'm going to be complaining about Mulder all the time because then there's right. no reason for Mulder to be flipping because well, he's think, also seen all the same evidence. So, Yeah, but. I think the thing is, like, I see it as an episode-to-episode thing because that's how I am with, like, I'm like Scully. Like, I would believe maybe, like, if a friend of mine had this really great ghost story and all this evidence and I went to their house and I saw this evidence and I'd be like, whoa. I believe in this ghost maybe but then like the next time someone told me about a ghost i'd be like well eh, it might not be have you checked your co2 detectors like yeah there are other things know. so i, I don't think know that, that ghosts and alien conspiracies right but i'm just saying that at this point the show has not there is a conspiracy obviously trying to keep Mulder and scully from finding things that she is aware of yes because but we they don't have, know they have had, they have had evidence stolen they have been which rushed parts up. of it Right. And we don't know until like she didn't she doesn't remember anything from Dwayne Barry. So if aliens came, she didn't see that. Like 
I feel no, like she's approaching. She has, she has the medal from him. She did the scan. Well, now she knows because she got the medal. But like before that, when she was just looking yeah, at Yeah, but even records, then, she has taken metal out of alien abduction. But it was a different shape. Is, it was like an Ikea held, shape. She has held alien bodies. Right. She and is, she's not saying the aliens don't exist. She's saying Dwayne Barry specifically is not an alien abductee. Well, that's because she doesn't understand what happened to Phineas Gage because she doesn't know how to do research. So Right. But anyway, I think that's why she is, and they they need her to be that force because Mulder is the believer. I think what will happen in future seasons is that there will be other forces pressing against them where like, and you know, Mulder has shown us too, like in Beyond the Sea, he has lines he'll draw. And like, even in this episode with Melissa and the Crystals, like there are things that he's just not going to buy into, at, at least not without a lot of evidence. And so I think they just have different lines and it'll be interesting to see how the show moves them along those lines and how they change and grow in those ways because i don't remember i do remember that at some point it does become very government against us and i think by the movie scully is much more on Mulder's side most of the time in terms of like okay <laughs> something funky is going on here so i don't know i'm curious to see so, how only, your opinion... so it only takes her six seasons to figure well, out well the movie i think on. is actually 96 so I think the, the movie is between. Well, I think the movie is between five and six. Okay. Oh, is it okay? I thought it was. I think it acts that. as a bridge because I think it actually because I know I know I believe it's six. Oh yeah, like that six, would make sense. Six picks up right after the movie, like actually like, okay. references the movie. Because I remember when we were doing research, I think we were talking about whether the movies were you know because sometimes Connected, like yeah the movies are are their own entity they're like a separate universe like the movie universe and the TV universe kind of thing. Oh yeah, so, no, they're connected. Is, but... Yeah, they're connected. So yeah. But anyway, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if your opinion of Scully changes or if it doesn't. I mean, maybe it won't. Maybe you'll just decide that you're, you're not Team Scully and that's totally okay too. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't want to, I like, I I fear being branded the misogynist post because, well, I mean, but like, I'm not. You're not I'm, disliking her because she's a woman. You're disliking no. her because of the ways she's been written and some of yeah. the plot lines and you just don't. It, that's not something you're like i don't get it why is she still refusing to believe or whatever and that's yeah. i mean i'm that way with many shows there are some shows where i really like a character and then the writing just you're like what the heck are they doing and so either like you hate the writer or you hate the character but i mean sometimes it just doesn't work for you and that's i could do both fine. I can totally do, but I think I'm, I think I've shown that I'm capable of doing both. Yes, you are. So, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yep. All right. But so. I do think you're going to like the next step. Well, actually, I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence about what I'm, I was trying to decide yesterday. If I thought you were going to like Firewalker or not. And I can't tell. I, mm, so I don't know. Um, I, 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 I did. I, so here's the thing. So this episode I put, this episode off for a very long time because i kind of knew what was going to happen right it was the scully comes back yeah and i did the thing that i never do was that i read your notes before i watched the episode Um... and i was just like i hate this 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 um and then i read some of the books before i watched the episode and i was like I hate this. 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 So, but then I watched it and I didn't totally hate it. So, there's that. Oh, right. That reminds me, we're supposed to do ratings. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, was just, I was just getting ready to get into ratings. I was going to ask you, what we're going to do ratings. And then you asked me about the next episode. Well, I, yeah, so, I just meant to say, I don't know. I'll be curious to see what you think of it. Cause like, 
I'm on the fence about whether I think you'll like it or not. Well, that was the lead in because I have seen some stuff about the next episode. I've seen photos and I know a little bit about the plot and I don't know. I'm I'm thinking I'm probably probably very much. It has a lot in common with ice and darkness falls. Yeah. So Um, I don't know if you're going to, they're probably really, they're probably really regretting having used the title fire in season one so they couldn't just use it for this one because then they could have had fire and ice where they just use the same plot <laughs> um, basically so it's a little different if nothing else it's got bradley whitford so okay yeah it looks like it uh i mean it looks like it has an asparagus monster i'm not <laughs> sure so <laughs> that is exactly that. what it looks like that is exactly what it looks like okay this is gonna be yeah fun. so i'm i'm kind of i'm kind of already on like team like but we'll see i could be totally wrong <laughs> so we'll talk about that next time I, yeah i was just thinking about it. i'm like i have no idea what you're like because i was like oh i think you'll like this one and then i was like wait maybe not because it is a lot like <laughs> yeah we'll see okay. yeah, but for so this, this episode, episode yeah this one was hard because I really liked a lot of the moments. Like the scene with Skinner and the cigarette smoking man might be one of my favorite scenes in TV period. Like with the <laughs> do not smoke sign or whatever. Thank you for not smoking. I thought that was so freaking funny. It was genius. And I loved how they both reacted. And I get Mulder's guilt. Like he's not Catholic, but boy, does he have that Catholic guilt going. Like he is blaming himself yeah. 100%. And like you know, that's not a healthy coping mechanism. But I have totally. Oh seen hey, that. I was gonna mention. Speaking of Catholicism, sorry for interrupting you. No, it's okay. Time. I'm supposed to interrupt a woman, right? Because I'm the guy. So, <laughs> um, just to carry on that. It's okay. I'm just shrill yeah. and laughing at myself. So I'm sure <laughs> there everyone you go. loves me. So yeah, so we're totally mean it. I have a big hairy chest. So yeah, we're all set. Um, so today, the day we're recording, is Easter. Yes. And so your Lord and Savior Scully has risen from the grave. Oh, <laughs> the timing, the timing is so perfect. <laughs> I don't know why the timing is always great for these, but they are. Yeah, well, time. it's always great for when we record. It's not great for when they go out, but it's always yeah. great when we record. So that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I like the Scully's back. I thought the lone gunmen were great in this. Um, I didn't really. I thought this whole science thing was kind of nonsense. The whole like genius online analyzed for record whatever i don't know nonsense but it was okay it gave Mulder something to grab onto which is you know something mm-hmm. um i agree that the whole like oh no nurse owens works here thing was like this didn't need to happen it was silly and i get why they did it because like there wasn't really an x-file in this x-file right except for like what happened to scully and we're not going to find out so they wanted to probably throw something in there to make it a little supernatural or something yeah Um, we didn't need like we didn't need the scully in the boat thing like that and then like the dad i kind of get i kind of get i i could kind of forgive them the dad thing right because like you know it's like the day before she decides or whatever right and so she's ready i mean i would prefer for that not to be there too i could kind of i could kind of forgive them the dad thing the scully in the boat thing just seemed like so. Well, I mean, yeah, it's a visual. They had to give us something like a, um, they didn't have to. They decided they had to give us something as visual from her perspective. And I mean, that was a good metaphor, what I guess. What I did think was interesting is like you had commented like Scully's like lying on that table, right? With the white dress and the room is all super white. And then her dad is in his white. He's obviously going to be in white because the naval uniforms are ridiculous, right? They're all white, the medals and blah, blah, blah. But he actually walks out of a dark spot 
in the background. And then he recedes back into a dark spot. Whereas usually like, you know, like the afterlife is like the light at the end of the tunnel, right? But he actually comes out of a dark space into the light to talk to her and then recedes back into the darkness to go back to like the land of the dead or whatever. So yeah. I thought that was kind of an interesting re reversal. I don't know yeah. if that was intentional, it's supposed to mean something or not, but I was like, oh wait, he's coming like out of the darkness to talk to her. She's in the light. It was kind of... Huh. I didn't even notice that. I didn't notice it was really white. And I did think that like, it's kind of similar to like alien abductions we've seen before with like the bright light only. So I don't know. Um, and it's Scully subconscious. So who even knows? I don't know. I'm looking at the other episodes that I've given ratings to. I'm trying to decide. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was going to say now that I've distracted you several times, you have to come up with a rating. So. Cause I was thinking like, I, I enjoyed the episode. I liked it. I liked Mulder. I like Scully. I like Skinner. I like all the characters. I think they do good. I like well, Melissa you like a lot. Mulder. You always like Scully. You always like Skinner. I do. Pretty much they can do. I mean, they can do wrong, but it's rare. Um, I think I'm going to give it a six. A six. Because I liked it. It was enjoyable. It just wasn't. So that is what you gave the host and Sleepless. Yeah, it just wasn't as good as like Beyond the Sea or like this season. It wasn't as good as like Little Green Men or anything. But and I didn't think it was as good as Dwayne Barry or Ascension because it was it was an episode that had to move the plot forward. And so it was, you know, dealing with where did Scully come from? But I thought it was really good. And I liked all the scenes and I thought it was pretty well done for the most part. What I found really interesting, I'm like, I'm, so you're saying like it wasn't as good as Dwayne Barry, like it wasn't as good as Little Green Men, like you think it was good, but it wasn't like as good as those. What I found really interesting was in like all the books I read, they all basically admit sort of what I said, like, like the whole like afterlife stuff is barf and like, you know gross didn't need to be in here it's not really x-files like you know the scully on the boat and the her dad stuff like all that kind of stuff they're like oh and like like some of the speeches are kind of like bordering on pretentious but then they all they so they all say that and then they go but in this episode it totally works because scully is coming back and so it needed it's like they all say that this stuff is garbage but then they like, <laughs> but it's garbage that works in this episode because this is an important episode. And they all say that it's like, they think it's the best episode of the season and like one of the top episodes of the entire like series. And I'm like, are you shitting me? Huh. Like, what is up with you people? Like, it's really, it's almost like they get, they got trapped in their nostalgia. In, in my, that's what my opinion is. They got trapped in their love of the whole like, Mulder Scully vibe and so now Scully's back and so since Scully's back this is a super this is a great, the greatest episode ever because well, when Scully gets abducted that's the worst episode ever right it's it's yeah. traumatizing and so well and it does follow three which was not very good no yeah and I, and and not that I'm not one to punish episodes for following a really good episode right so but I do think it's really weird that they they all admit that the stuff in it is there's a bunch of garbage in the episode that detracts from it but then they say it's like one of the best ones because they're always like but that said like and you're like oh, what like you're totally yeah anyway yeah but that's just, i will that's say my, that that's my reading on it is that i think they're getting trapped in their nostalgia i I'm do not saying like you the, are no so. i know i will say that i do like the bow metaphor like i think as a visual it works i like the idea of like you're tethered you know, you're you're tethered to life by a thin rope and <laughs> you're either going to come back or you're going to drift away. And it's like, it's not really a decision you make. And I think 
the whole nurse trying to tell her like you know you can decide and her dad being like you know it's not your time that's fine i don't need it but i did kind of like the metaphor of the boat and i thought that worked as some a visualization for how scully might be oh i just don't think it was necessary i don't know i mean i think it's fine as a metaphor i just don't think it was necessary. yeah i mean it wasn't necessary i didn't mind it i feel like the nurse not existing thing was a little ridiculous but you know, it's there, whatever. <laughs> I get that the, I, I get that the point of this episode is that Scully has returned, which I'm honestly going to say, again, like the Crycheck thing, I think they rushed it. I realize, yes, she is a co-star. She is one of the names. Like, there's two names on this series, right? Mm-hmm. David Duchovny, Jillian Anderson. We can't have one of the co-stars gone for, like, you know, more than so many episodes, right? Because then people will be like, why is she not on the show? What are you doing? Right? But, it just, again, it seems like they're just they're rushing through stuff. Like, yeah. boom, like Crycheck, first episode, we find out he's a mole. And then, like, three episodes later, he's, like, disappeared. And then Scully's gone for, like, one episode. And then now she's, you know, it's been it's been months, but now she's suddenly back. Like, in, like, real-time watching, it's, like, it just seems really rushed. Yeah, it's but. weird, too, because I would, I mean, maybe she didn't want to take more time off. I have no idea if that was, you know her being like i don't want to take more episodes away from myself or whatever and that's you know totally a valid choice i'm a little surprised she wouldn't want more time but that's only because it just i've never given birth it just seems really hard and it just seems like that and having a baby really maybe she wanted the break maybe it was great for her to be able to get away and go well, back to and work. she did I, I found out like i i previously had been kind of like well, you know people have pregnancies all the time and there are people who go back to work like oh yeah way sooner than 10 days she did have a c-section though oh, okay so that is a little bit more of a Well, I'm not saying she couldn't come back to work. I'm just saying, like, I don't know if that was like she was really eager to do it or if it was more like contractually obligated. I don't know which direction that went. Yeah, Um, maybe because I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, because there's that whole part of like you sign up for a series and then I mean, not that that should be a thing, but like then you got pregnant. And so now we have to like take time off what I think it takes you away from the job kind of thing, which shouldn't which shouldn't be a thing. And I don't know if it was really a thing. And I don't know, like, contractually, whether, like, if she's not in an episode, she doesn't get paid. Yeah, and I have so, no idea how that works But I also either. doubt, like, the fact that she's in a TV series, like, the fact that if she missed a few episodes, I really doubt, like, she wasn't going to be paying the rent. But, yeah. you know, there are people who have to go back to work because they... Oh, yeah, for so, sure. So I was kind of dismissive about the whole, like, eh, 10 days later, big deal. But, yeah, she did have a C-section, so that is a little bit more intensive. But then, yeah, I don't know what the contractual stuff was. And yeah, maybe she wanted to be back in the, maybe that's what. Yeah, maybe she wanted to. I don't have any idea what. I would have liked, I honestly would have liked to have seen more of like, you know, like months have passed. What has Mulder been doing? Like, we know he went and hooked up with the vampire lady. Um, But other than that, we don't really know what Mulder's been doing these three last three months. So it'd be interesting to see like what was going on. We know he's going to reopen the X Files. So. Hopefully he's been working on some interesting stuff, but yeah, because he reopened the X Files in August, even though Mulder <laughs> doesn't go back to his office until November. So what was Mulder doing? Would Mulder take a vacation? Like maybe you know, he's all he's like, I'm going to be European and just take the summer off. Goodbye. So who knows? Yeah. Anyway, okay, now I can't put it off any longer. I got to do my rating. So I think I uh, so you went with a six. Uh, let's see. Okay, so I'm having trouble deciding between a four and a five. Mm. I've given lots of fours. I've given Little Green Men a four. I've given Blood a four. I've given Sleepless a four. I gave Ascension a four. 
I gave three a four. Basically, I've <laughs> given everything a four, except for I've given out two sevens for the host and Dwayne Barry. So I'm kind of hesitant to give another four, <laughs> but I've also like every four that I've given has been for a different reason. Yeah. Um, I think I'm just gonna I'm 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 just gonna go with a four. Okay. It seems wrong to give, like again, like most a lot of the other episodes I gave fours to. There were good. There's good stuff in here, but then the other stuff just detracts from it and mm-hmm. cancels it out enough. So, I think a four. I mean, five is technically the halfway point, but we don't give tens. Basically, we haven't given tens. I don't know that we're ever going to give a ten. So it I think might happen. I know season. Two I think I think four is probably a more accurate halfway mark. Okay. As far as our ratings tend to go. So I'm going to go with a four again. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I can't, I, I kind of want to give it a five, but then I'm like, I look at the other episodes <laughs> I gave fours to, and I'm like, yeah, I can't, I have to go back and give everybody a five then. So I can't do that. So four, we'll go with four. All right, so, cool. Yeah. And then uh, we'll have some asparagus next time. Oh man, I bought asparagus this week and now I'm regretting that decision because I hadn't <laughs> made that connection. I love asparagus. So and it was on sale might, at Fred Meyer. I might, I might, and I might was love like, this episode. I'm going to have some salmon and asparagus like a healthy right. person. And now I'm like, damn it, yeah. I should have gotten broccoli. Roasted over some fire. Volcanic <laughs> uh, yeah. flame. <laughs> there we go. Oh God. Yeah, no, that's, I was trying to figure out what it looked like and that is exactly what it looks like. We'll talk about that next week. Yeah. <laughs> All righty. I Want to Rewatch is hosted by Tori and Nick and recorded at Black Cat Studios. Hashtag really just a bedroom closet. Episode production, design, and editing is by Lazian Productions. Our music is Dark Science by David Hillowitz. And The Truth is What We Make of It by The Agrarians. You can find us at IWantToRewatch.com or wherever podcasts are found. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And you can always share this podcast with a friend. If they like the X-Files, we'd love to have them join us. Speaking of which, be sure to join us next time as we rewatch season two of the X-Files. Episode nine, Firewalker. And try to figure out if the the truth truth is is still still out there. there.
do you want to say your thing or is that just for my I was benefit? Gonna ask, I was going to ask you if you wanted to do it or what you it's wanted. It's totally to, up to you because like I left to, it there. Or if you wanted to actually, if you wanted to say it, I highlighted it just because like I wrote it. Right. But yeah. If you want to say it, you can say it and be like, no, that was Nick messing around. <laughs> well, I mean, you really. can say it like, if you like want. With your, like with your, be, treat, it, treat it like your wild cry check kind of thing. Yeah. Well, that was a Pokemon reference. I was going to say that was a Pokemon reference, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I got that one. Yeah. I don't even, I'm not even a big Pokemon fan. I'm just so yeah. used to hearing I, that. Well, see, I was going to say, got to catch them all when you did that. But then I was like, <laughs> maybe it's not a Pokemon reference. So I'm not going to say it. And it's too late for me to now. Well, I mean, I technically could go in and throw it in now, even though it's, tech, it's already out. I could go in <laughs> no, and edit it. No, yeah, it's it Pokemon. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I figured. Because that just, sounds like a. I'm around a lot like a, of nerds all the time, so even when I'm not into something, I just absorb that shit. No, it's, and then it, it just, sounds like a Pokemon. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I did play Pokemon Go for a while, then I stopped. It was fun. The one where you like walk around and find Pokemon. Yeah, in the no, I, I had that one. I had a setup. Yeah, I had yeah, pretty good. Once fun. I got my, once I um, evolved my Magikarp, then well, I had a shiny Magikarp, and then I evolved it into the whatever the water dragon dude's name is, the Guerdus or whatever it is. Yeah, and then, I, and then I kind of stopped because they started making it more and more fancy. Like the game got more and more complicated. And I'm like, yeah, screw this. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I liked it when it was just something simple. Now it's like there's battles all the time and groups and raids and da da da. And I've got adventures I have to do to get fancy. I was like, yeah, screw you guys. No, yeah, I'm the same way. I just wanted a simple I walk. Just wanted around. to walk around and collect shit. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Once they made it complicated, I'm like, this is not my. This is yeah. too advanced for this me. This is too much for me. I was like, this is too much like a video game now. I gotta stop yeah. playing. This isn't fun anymore. I play like Mario so. and Stardew Valley and shit. Like I don't, I don't have time for that kind of. Got to level up like five mm-hmm. ways. Well, I think if we're gonna do it, I think you should do it. And well, you. you it wanna... sounds like you though. It should be. You I know, but I then can... you could joke and just say that that was what I wrote. And or you could be like, or you'd be like, wait, I didn't write this. And then you could say, wait, that's what really happened. But if you don't want to do it at all, then we'll just skip it. It's fine. But I think it should because it flows with the pattern of like you do the in this episode part. So if right. I jump in and do it, it seems weird. Of course I could go like, wait, I know what happens in this episode. Yeah. Okay, we could do it that way. Okay. 